0: Hello and welcome to Dynasty as They Want to Be, a podcast where we drill into every episode of the iconic 1980s television series, Dynasty. I'm your host, Derek J. Lang, and with me is my co-host, Kyler K. Jafari. Heidi ho (laughs) Well, we just received an invitation right before we started to record for a friend's baby shower, and I wanted to check in with you. How do you feel about... Being invited to a baby shower.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. Like, are, are dudes supposed to go to baby showers? I guess this is the way things work now
0: with the quality that now we have to go to baby showers, but I don't really want to
1: go. Well, also, is it like a bachelorette party or is it more like the opposite of? Or I don't, I don't know what the etiquette is or do you bring prizes and... And play games or I don't know, somebody needs to educate me because I'm not sure how that works.
0: Well, I think what's happened is that like all parties now have all morphed into the same thing. So like a bachelorette party is also a baby shower, but it's a girlfriend getaway and it's a wedding. And I just don't know what to wear, what to bring, how to act, or even if I should RSVP yes to events these days because everything is just all mixed up.
1: Wait, is, is this like where you get like a diaper cake?
0: Well, that's the old school <laughs> way, but now like baby showers have like bartenders and signature cocktails. So it's
1: actually kind of like the last day of your life before you have a baby shower.
0: Right, so it's like a bachelorette right. party for the baby.
1: Pack in the party bus, the strippers, the cocaine, the champagne, everything you're not gonna be able to have once you have that baby.
0: Yeah, I feel like that's the approach now for a baby shower. Gone is the sort of traditional thing where everybody comes wearing their bonnets and women
1: gab and ooh and ah over little baby clothes. (laughs) Um, So then the other thing is, are we allowed to say no or like what's the best way to get out of going?
0: I don't know. I've thought about this and I can't figure it out. Like it's on a date where I don't really have an excuse not to go, but... I swear to God, if we go and people start pulling out baby clothes, I'm going to go into the car and turn the key and or get like the hell out of there. Or like
1: playing that like dirty diaper game or like, isn't there like those like weird fetish games that they play at yeah. <laughs> baby showers? You keep bringing like, up the diapers. I, think this I don't want well, I mean, just fetish. babies have diapers. I don't know. That's just how it works, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know. And then there's the whole like baby registry thing. And like we already bought a friend.
1: We a- bought you everything for your wedding. That's that's all you get. You don't get a baby registry now.
0: Well, I think a baby registry is fine. But I feel like for the most part, like all of that shit is disposable. You know, like the baby clothes, you're not going to wear them. Oh, no, there's like a
1: highly lucrative secondary market for used baby items.
0: Well, can we bring a used baby gift that's on the registry? I think it's
1: implicit that only the parents would buy used baby items, but you're supposed to give them like brand new, fresh out the box baby items. Well,
0: here's the thing that chaps my ass is that we did buy somebody a baby monitor on off of their baby registry now, what do you do after you don't need the baby monitor anymore? I think that they should give that baby monitor back to us. and Make then we kinky can... home sex videos? Mm, that's a good point. But I think we should be given that monitor back after it's been used, and then we can just give it to the next <laughs> friends who have a we baby. We can just keep
1: farming it out for the rest of our lives.
0: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, has baby monitor technology really come that far in the past couple of years? No.
1: I don't know, like Spidey sense capabilities, or so, I don't know, like there's something about it like the baby if cries the baby's and dying so or something. yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't have a baby, so I these are all just foreign things to me.
0: Speaking of baby monitors, <laughs> there was a big <laughs> baby on this week's episode: the return of Lindsay Blaisdell, the the lone underage cast member on Dynasty. She had a, a big storyline. Let's take a break, and then we'll get into this week's episode with Lindsay and, of course, the Carringtons and the Colbys. Yeah, she's a big baby. (laughs) Welcome back. So what should we tackle first in this week's episode? I guess we'll go to the beginning where the Carringtons and the now Colbys are engaged in a fiery tennis match of doubles there's uh Fallon and her new hubby Jeff playing against Blake and Crystal Carrington of course and Crystal and Jeff realize they're not really part of this doubles match it's really Fallon and Blake going at each other
1: yeah that's a good point I was kind of ignoring it because I just felt like it was you know stage tennis match so I'm I'm glad that you caught that because I didn't I didn't really notice but but that's sort of like what they're doing the last couple episodes. They're obviously going to do that this episode where it's daughter against father. Yeah. Well, what we get from this... All, all I saw was a lot of like really short, short, skimpy tennis attire. And I hope they wipe down all the patio furniture afterwards because it was looking like a lot of things were hanging out and it was very sweaty.
0: Yeah. Well, they do love their yellow accented furniture. The The tennis furniture is yellow. The pool furniture is yellow. And then they drink lemonade right after tennis, which seems like not a great choice. I don't know if lemonade is very hydrating. I don't
1: know. You remember like that? Was it was that that thing from the 80s or something where you drink lemonade during sports. Like it was kind of, I guess, what fed into Gatorade and things later. But
0: oh, I couldn't barely drink lemonade by itself in air conditioning. I can't imagine. Really? What's your against lemonade? Uh, it's just like sweet and tart and... I don't know. I would just want to drink water. Show me
1: on the lemon where it touched you. I mean, it's there's nothing wrong with lemonade.
0: Like Yeah, but right after it's a wholesome. furious it's, game it's of water, tennis? lemon juice, no. sugar. Anyway, Fallon asks Blake and kind of Crystal if she and Jeff can reside at the mansion now that they are married. And Blake is totally into it. And Crystal is, too, but she kind of gives Fallon a little look like, I'm going to be watching you, bitch.
1: Yeah, I don't know. This is all you. This, I, for me, it was just the aesthetics. I was loving the hot rackets, the outfits. Um, I was just assuming somebody was going to beat somebody at, at a game of tennis, and, and that was it for me.
0: Yeah, we don't really get a lot of Blake and Crystal this episode. Later on, they do have a... we
1: get enough of them later.
0: Yeah, there is a really awkward scene in the kitchen where Blake comes down and realizes the staff is totally gone and Crystal is there whipping up a
1: Spanish Crystal fired the staff and said she's gonna take over to the kitchen and make some Spanish omelets. Well, she didn't fire them, she sent them home. Joking, but here's the thing like, what is a Spanish omelet? So, how would he like his Spanish omelet? Very Spanish. Mm, Lots and lots of hot stuff? Oh, yes, lots and lots of hot stuff. Mrs. Carrington, I love you. It sounds like one of those like vaguely offensive terms, you know. but it's like, but why is it? Maybe it's not. I don't know. Is it Spain Spanish? Is it that thing where you're just vaguely Hispaniola, and so we call it Spanish? I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's, it's
0: 1981, so I'm assuming she just made an omelet and put some
1: salsa on top of it. Lots and lots of hot things is yeah. what I think she said. Mm-hmm. I
0: don't know. Yeah, Blake wants the hot things, and the other <laughs> thing he wants... Speaking of baby Well, showers. I mean, she is
1: making eggs after all, right?
0: Oh, yes. I didn't even catch that metaphor. Crack. Yes. Crack. Uh, yeah, he says she wants a baby from Crystal, which is a little shocking to me because I just assume all of these people are in their, like... like way over childbearing years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I mean, now we have all of this fancy technology with IVFs and stuff, so I don't even know how they would accomplish this back then, but... Maybe Crystal is younger than I thought. So, I don't,
1: again, everybody looks 10 years older than they really are back then. So, it's a possibility.
0: Yeah. So, she doesn't totally put the kibosh on the idea, but she does say she wants to be more involved in like the business and the family and things like that.
1: Well, again, it's that sort of yucky trade. Like, there's always these like business trades. Like, you have my baby and you can take more part in my company. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting. Sort of dynamic, I think.
0: Yeah, it didn't really seem like it was open to discussion, but I think we'll probably be hearing more from them on this baby and her being part of the business a lot more. After that tennis match, Fallon and Jeff go down to the car where the damned worst chauffeur in the history of chauffeurs, Michael, is waiting. And Jeff tries to be nice and give him a tip because I guess Michael detailed his car or something like that. And Michael is a little bitch about it and is like, I don't want your tip. The Michael buffed treat me the hood
1: of his Mercedes with his baby breath.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, or with like, probably <laughs> like a, a $5 used, bill, baby. Yeah, probably with a used condom or something,
1: knowing that guy. <laughs>
0: what? <laughs> with a, well, he's disgusting. Well, he,
1: he is. He's like Uriah Heap or something, you know, like just just like always going to grift you and looking to dig in the ditches and... I don't know. He's yeah. he's definitely dastardly.
0: Well, and as she has always maintained, she wants no part of him anymore, and rolls up the window on him as they're driving away. I just
1: still want to know what did they ever do that the two of them ever had a thing? It's it, I don't. It's still unbelievable to it me. It must
0: have been some sort of an explosive orgasm that he gave her, <laughs> and he's obsessed with it, and she could care less. <laughs> She's had plenty before. <laughs> yeah. But uh, weirdly he pulls off the side of the road in some like forest and like Yeah,
1: it's very mafia drop-off style. It's like we're just gonna pull the limousine over in the middle of the woods, and he opens the door and he's like, get out, you know. Which, yeah, and
0: he's like, You wanna go for a walk? And she's like, Yeah, no. And he forces her into the woods anyway, and then proceeds to push her against a tree. And for the entire scene is like holding her. By her shoulders and arms
1: hey come on I think I'm entitled to a few minutes with you entitled you're entitled to that dumb uniform and whatever my father pays you to drive well I used to be entitled that's right you said it past tense you tell that to those football jocks your father pays to what'd you do take out an ad in the locker room rag sheet no more entitled You want trouble, friend. You're sure as hell going to get it. She calls him out to some degree, but like it's, you know, you deserve that uniform you're wearing. But then he's like, oh, but, you know, Blake's going to get me out of this uniform. And I'm thinking, well, but you don't just get into the aristocracy, you know?
0: Yeah, well, he's upset that she married Jeff and wants to know why she did it. Because he knows that she's not into it because she's into wild kinky sex, I guess she tells him to get off of her he tries to kiss her the whole thing just like made my skin crawl again
1: there's just like zero chemistry between the two of them so i don't understand that what that story was supposed to be if it ever happened i still don't think i ever saw anything but anyway it's well he's it's,
0: just scheming he's like yeah it really it's
1: just a means to an end right because this is just supposed to set us up for oh he's really pissed off at her so now he's gonna get back and you know, do some spying for Blake. Yeah,
0: and he he does tell her that he still wants her and he has feelings for her, but it's very hard to believe when he has her shoved up against a redwood and he's trying to stick his tongue down her mouth yeah he doesn't seem really satisfied and we see that later when he's on a lunch break with the British babe secretary of Cecil Colby,
1: which I like that she's like drinking some red wine out of a plastic wine glass in bed. and it's like, is this what the servants do when the boss takes the day off? like they're just at home eating pizza on a Friday at you know one pm. and well, bed. there was some discussion that they
0: just he she only has an hour for lunch. she can't take two hours. So I was thinking, in my head going through the itinerary of that. So they got a seedy motel on the you know dark side of Denver. They banged. They're sitting there naked wrapped in sheets, and then they've ordered a pizza that they've eaten almost all of and popped open a bottle of cheap red and drank it out of plastic Yeah, I,
1: I hope they're not on a diet because this was a high-calorie lunch. I don't care how much they were boinking. And also, if you think about it, that pizza plus that bottle of wine... What's the hotel room, motel room? I mean, this is kind of an expensive lunch if you put it together.
0: Yeah, but also just the time investment. I can barely in an hour like go get a poke bowl and get back to the office in time, let alone fuck, get a well, hotel room. Order just to a pizza. all of you who
1: manage people, this is what they're doing when you're not around. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is what the servants... It's either that or they're,
1: like, Xeroxing their asses or something, you know? Like, you just can't trust your your help when you're not around to supervise. That's how it goes.
0: Yeah. So, the British babe secretary, whose name I don't know, uh, reveals that Cecil Colby bailed out uh, Carrington. Well, Michael loves this, of course. You know, he's just on the hunt Well, this is how he's
1: going to get out of his uniform, right? Like spying for Blake Carrington, and he's got the goods now.
0: Yeah. Or so he thinks when he presents this information to Blake in the library
1: or is it the study? I I don't, I don't know. It's an, it's a, an ante room. Who knows? It's, it's every room you want it to be. (laughs) Anyway, he presents this information to Blake who is pissed off when he hears,
0: uh, that Fallon has agreed to marry Jeff Colby for the bailout from Cecil Colby of Carrington.
1: He seems to have a hard time believing it, but then not really. And then it's like, well, yeah, of course. He had her sign a planned divorce agreement, and you know, their wedding was a business deal, essentially. So here we are again. Like He doesn't trust his wife, and he's ready to buy that story. You know,
0: Blake doesn't trust who, his wife.
1: Yeah, I, I don't think he does. Crystal? Yeah, oh. I don't think he trusts Crystal.
0: Blake acts like Michael is lying, but then he later confronts Fallon, and she just totally admits that she did this out of the goodness of her heart. And Blake is furious. Oh, no. No
1: goodness in her heart. Come on. She did it, and I finally got to the bottom of this. I've been thinking about this since the first two episodes. She doesn't want power necessarily, but she wants to run Colby Co. Oh, right. She revealed. So that this to is Michael. all part of her chess moves with Cecil Colby, and yeah, it's not because she was trying to save daddy's company. I mean, that was probably like a nice side benefit, but her main objective. Right. Was she she definitely
0: yeah. has a bigger goal. That's right. She did reveal that to Michael, which was uh pretty earth-shattering because we just thought she was trying to be nice to her beloved daddy. But he is pissed because As Blake explains to her, he's been through worse than this before, and he's come out of...
1: Setbacks, as he likes to call them.
0: Yeah, he's come out on top every time, so he doesn't need to marry his daughter off to just get out of this setback, as it were. You
1: were going to help me by agreeing to some unholy pact with Cecil Coley. What makes you think that I couldn't have done that myself if I wanted to? What makes you think that I haven't been able to claw my own way up from setbacks before? I've gone to congressmen and kings and dictators and mob bosses when I needed help, and I got it. And you were safely tucked off at schools and on jets and then $200 a night hotels in Rio and Europe and the Caribbean with your beach boys and soccer studs and you name them, you found them. And I was here without you handling the problems. Clawing my way if I had to, and I did it without your damned help. I'm I'm just like I'm thinking, but I don't see where he would have gotten out of this one. Yeah, how would he have actually gotten out
0: of this predicament? I don't we think don't... he
1: necessarily would have, and I don't know how things work in the oil business, but or just business at that level generally. I, I think he's also having an ego trip and he resents the fact that, you know, his daughter had to bail him out basically. Yeah, he he thought all this time it was just his scuzzy slash best friend, but it's actually just his daughter, and she's trading off her you know her familial sort of uh, equity for that, you know. Yeah, and
0: she threatens to get a divorce and end it since he's so unhappy. Or I guess it would be an annulment at this point. But uh, he says nope. You're in that marriage, and you're gonna make it work. So he's against it, but he's not totally
1: against it, right? And you you get the the nice cheesy camera shots, like she's gonna pull the ring off, or is she going to? And then she pushes it back on, and you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of sad because Jeff's kind of a nice guy. There's nothing really wrong with him. Uh, I don't know if there's anything great about him, but then they're like in this marriage, and you know, she's clearly the more advanced person in that relationship. And it's not going to work out. You can just tell.
0: Oh, no way. But I am interested to see the dynamic of how it works and how much power she kind of gets out of this relationship that she's in. If she really will rise to power. See, that's kind of a
1: neat thing, right? Like, you know, the marriage isn't going to work, but like, let's see how it doesn't work. Like, like there's a lot of ways that a marriage cannot work. So it's, it's actually interesting storytelling when you think about it.
0: Mm hmm. And the other thing to note is that Crystal didn't really want to be part of this awkward discussion revealing that Fallon got married for money, basically. And Blake snaps at her and tells her to sit down. She wanted yeah, more you, power. you
1: wanted to be in this family? Well, you're going to be in this family, you know.
0: Yeah, and she has the look on her face like, well, shit, I didn't mean like this. I just wanted to be a VP of something.
1: Well, she's she's really good at having, like, hurt eyes. That's one thing I will give Linda Evans. And it makes this character very sympathetic when it wouldn't normally be. This would just be like the trophy wife character. But, you know, again, she's really believable and in ways that are kind of new and unexpected. So I I feel bad for her genuinely in this situation.
0: Now, most of the episode was actually dedicated to all kinds of drama happening with the Blaisdell family over really the course of a day, which I thought was kind of interesting. But it starts with... The family at breakfast, and Lindsay is going to have a friend come over, and Claudia is going to well, go see her therapist, and Matthew, of course, forget, is going to go to work.
1: Claudia's got these magical chocolate chip cookies, and I think they're the root of all evil in this episode because <laughs> anybody who touches these cookies, it's like they go over the edge. <laughs> so, you know, Lindsay has her like friend over and i don't know if he's supposed to be a romantic interest at this point but of course he's like
0: well claudia does ask is he a hunk and Lindsay's like he's cute
1: okay so chocolate chip cookies aside claudia is clearly a like a sex goddess right
0: man eater for sure
1: i don't know if she's a man eater but she's she's got like this aphrodite like (laughs) goddess of sex and love like Well, Uh, a
0: couple of episodes, she was literally dressed like Aphrodite.
1: That's right. Exactly. I'm, like, calling back to that dinner party episode. And then she's, like, at the therapist's office, which, by the way, having, like, the most boring therapy ever, which maybe that's all therapy. I don't know. That
0: therapist needs to be
1: disbarred. Yeah, take his license away. That was some bad therapy. It
0: was such a weird thing therapy session like she was making jokes and then he was making jokes and he well was no asking- worse
1: she was crying and then he was making jokes about what she was crying about and it's like that's like sounds like the opposite of therapy that would just make me nuttier <laughs> like
0: yeah and like All of his questions were more like personal in nature, not really
1: asking her about her like mental well being. Yeah, if I wanted all that, how many times are you fucking Matthew? Yeah, I'd just just go to my friend if I wanted to. You know, I don't need to pay for therapy if that's the kind of conversation we're going to have. But
0: I think she's due for another mental breakdown if she keeps going to that guy.
1: Yeah, you can definitely see it. Like it's a pressure cooker, right? And the big thing that she brings up in this therapy session is sex. Um and again, like she's she's like so in touch with like you know, her sex drive basically. And you know, and then she's in the car with Lindsay giving Lindsay the talk, you know, about and this is like the wokest talk ever. She's like, you know, some men respect women and some men don't, you know. And it's Yeah, which is as true then as it is today. Yeah, and it's like I guess you have to remember there was still a feminist movement going on back then. It's not like we we take it for granted now, but like they were these were ideas that were floating around and here they are in the dialogue, you know, um, with some cheesy flute and, and guitar music behind it to make it like a feminine hygiene commercial. I don't know, it was, it was sort of, it was corny, but I, yeah. I, I, I liked the dialogue without the music maybe, so.
0: Yeah, well, all of that talk happened after the right. fact that Chris, her little hunky friend, ate a chocolate chip cookie. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And then he's he reciting... What is this, Romeo and Juliet? I don't know. It's some Shakespearean play, I think. But anyway, yeah. they're Yeah,
0: they're practicing lines for a Shakespearean on play. On the sofa. Or is it a
1: love seat?
0: Yeah, he, uh, because he's ready to put the moves on her. And it, actually, it seems pretty innocent. He was just trying to kiss her.
1: Uh, it seems innocent for about a second. Well, right. Then he wouldn't stop. He gets aggro. And then she says, maybe we should just have more cookies. <laughs> and I'm thinking, no, the cookies are what started all this. And, but then it's also like sometimes cookie just means cookie, you know, like, well, don't forget, she also wanted to listen to records specifically super, <laughs> tramp. super tramp. And I like how he says boring and she's like, super, super tramp. tramp? Like, it's like, no, you, you, you heard him the first time. Um, <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever really wanted to listen to a super tramp album. As,
0: I also um, didn't. Yeah. I wouldn't have pegged
1: <laughs> Lindsay as a super tramp, super fan. Um, yeah. Breakfast of champions. I don't know. Anyway. Uh,
0: but yeah, that encounter sends her into a wild tizzy where she knocks over the lamp that doesn't break and she rushes out to the blue car that her father bought her mother as a congratulations. You're not mental anymore present. Well,
1: I do like how this, this is literally a vehicle for mental instability. Um, you know, so she's going to go have her breakdown in the car. And Claudia kind of had the same moment when she first got that car. Do you think that car is cursed and it
0: causes everybody? Yeah, and, in, and it's not it? even
1: cursed in a fun way like Christine. I mean, it's just a Ford Futura or something. It's not even a Granada or whatever. And like she can't even back out of the driveway in it. I guess they were just trying to imply that she's not old enough to drive yet. So she's like, I will say for a 14 <laughs> the year curb old and that
0: thing like. for a 14 year old, she did a pretty good job
1: of driving. I mean, it was probably a stun driver. (laughs)
0: Obviously They're not going to let him Emotionally unstable 14-year-old actress or how she's probably 30 years oh, old she was at least 30 right <laughs> passing for 14 <laughs> yeah but yeah she goes off down the road and ends up uh, at the walter lankersham matthew blaisdell oil derrick i don't know why or how she even knew where it was located because they didn't have gps or smartphones well, back then
1: yeah i don't know how people got around back then before they had phones yeah especially yeah. frantic 14 year old i can't but, imagine she would know where her dad works or how to get around town or anything so
0: yeah so yeah then she ends up uh with Walter Lankershim, who actually gives her kind of like a great talk he tells her that she's 14 going on eight
1: I just want to know why is Dale Robertson like a guest star he's been in every episode so far and frankly as far as character acting goes he's like kind of chewing up all the scenery and he's driving so many of
0: these plots forward yeah he really
1: is so, yeah, I do like his little speech and he even he even stops himself like as he's about to get a little bit too aggressive and, you know, kind of backs off. And, and there's like this sort of like fatherly moment with her, I guess, you know, which is interesting because Matthew can't seem to do that. At well, least not in that Matthew moment. Matthew is know?
0: surrounded by two crazy women. Although, well, that's, I'm starting yeah. to think Lindsay is much more touched than Claudia. Okay, is. but
1: we've all been teenagers, right? Like, I th- And everybody out there don't have teenagers. They're the worst. This is what they do they go crazy. They, they take your car mm-hmm. and they drive to your office or wherever you work and embarrass you in front of all of your coworkers. Yeah. Part of the discussion in the car between Claudia and Lindsay after she's driving her back you know, from her breakdown at the oil trailer, Lindsay is criticizing this young man that's come over to study with her slash date raper. And Claudia's basically, she's like, he's a young man, which uh, she's not taking up for him. Like she's not excusing it, but she's also saying that everybody has their perspective and they have certain drives and they don't always do the best job of controlling that behavior. Yeah. Um, well, and what again, I hear she's being sex goddess, she's like, oh, he's a young man, you know like. so I, <laughs> she really like sees the, the sexual power in the world, I think.: Well, I feel like. she
0: does say that she's a mother and she's a genius among other things. So maybe the other things are sex yes, goddess. You're right, right.. What I got from that was Lindsay called Chris a really terrible kid. And Claudia was like, "No, he's a young man." And then yes. later she says, "You're a young woman," mm-hmm. basically saying, "Grow the fuck up, Lindsay." Like yeah, you are. I like that take. You are getting titties now, and these boys are horny, and you're going to have to deal
1: with these situations. Well, this this is the talk, right? Back then, it was like you had to introduce your children to the adult world and you're seeing that here in this conversation. I think Yeah,
0: I think Claudia is actually doing an admirable job parenting. I don't know if Lindsay's receiving it though, because poor Katie Kurtzman just looks like deer in the headlights sitting in that passenger seat. She can't emote for
1: her life. Well, like literally I feel like after uh, Claudia gives the, you know, adult speech that to your point, her, her acting and her like deer in the headlights, look. I thought she was going to actually just open the door and jump out of the car while it was moving. <laughs> I wish. I wish she would have done
0: that. That would have been much more exciting than her backing the car out of her driveway. Now, we need to talk about Stephen Carrington. That episode actually began with him getting a little letter from Ted um, that included a cute picture of him alone from a photo booth. And Stephen kind of tosses it down and goes on about his day. So I guess that's that.
1: Yeah, I don't. Is it's starting to turn into a one-sided relationship? I mean, starting. how much? Yeah. W- did Stephen and Ted really ever have a thing, or is this all just in Ted's mind?
0: In what I thought was a really nice gesture, Matthew Blaisdell invites Stephen over to the Blaisdell <laughs> house for dinner. <laughs> what?
1: To which Stephen replies, <laughs> "What?" what is this be kind to a faggot week <laughs> oh,
0: right listen if, uh, if you don't have any other plans uh, well uh, we'd like to have you at the house tonight for dinner what is this blaisdell be kind to a faggot week
1: like that's, that's such a melodramatic line to shoot out
0: yeah, but Steven is a melodramatic guy. He's so. not
1: really, though. That's I don't think that was fitting to the character. I mean, I guess he was pissed and, you know. He,
0: he's emo to the max. Are you kidding me? you think
1: so? I don't yes. know. I,
0: I don't, he's always, like, reciting poems and he's okay, always... Okay, you're
1: right. But he's just sulking. I guess he's an undercover emo. Because, like, he's just got his roustabout oil rig attire on and his VO5 hot oil, you know, ultra moose hair. I'm just not seeing the, the emo, but I guess you're right when you think about all the quoting poetry, which he even complains to Claudia about later. Like, I don't know why I'm always quoting poetry to you, like, you know, like this bad habit of his or something.
0: Yeah, I thought it was totally comical that after this crazy dramatic day of Claudia going to this weird therapist and Lindsay having her own breakdown and taking the family car off, that they all end up back at the Blaisdell house with Stephen Carrington for a family meal. And Lindsay's acting like nothing happened and is just chatting Stephen up at the table. Now, earlier, Claudia and Matthew did have a discussion in which Claudia revealed that she found out through the Denver grapevine that he is a queer deer, which we know in the last episode, Stephen came out to Matthew.
1: Stephen Carrington's gay. She say that? No. Fruit. I think she said he's a fruit. Well, that sounds like Neil and Ed. That sort of talk disgusts me. People have a right to be what they want to be. Which I, I always thought that was a an interesting word. I, why fruit? I don't know. Mm, because
0: homosexual, Sugary are and sweet and
1: succulent and <laughs> fun colors. I don't know. Yeah. Why of, is it
0: fruit? I don't get it. And but. full of C. Vitamin <laughs> Yikes. C. That's... No. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: so anyway, the opposite here of fruit is the cookies because after dinner... Uh, Claudia gives Stephen her cookies. Wait, no. First, she <laughs> gives
0: him her loaf. Her, her loaf? Her meatloaf.
1: Oh, right. <laughs> I thought this was like one of those fetish things. <laughs> <like>. <laughs> <laughs> No, I thought you.
0: I thought you were gonna comment on the weird dinner they had. It was so starchy, potatoes well, and meatloaf.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like it was that like that lie that the government sold us in the you know at that time. Like what was the the food guide pyramid, where it was like all of it was just like potatoes, rice, grains, and then like the very tippy top was like peanuts and a steak you know yeah like, I think maybe
0: there was like a salad on the table I saw so it was yeah but nobody
1: touched it Matthew did because you know well, he's, he's eating light he's, yeah, summer's coming watching his his dad bod <laughs> watching wait. his figure his dad bod yeah um so yeah they well actually I think even Stephen remarks on her exquisite meatloaf <laughs> Has a meatloaf ever been exquisite before? (laughs) And and I guess he was, the character's supposed to be trying to be funny, but the way the line is delivered, it sounds almost like doing like a little bit of a Liberace or Lispy thing. I don't know. I I wasn't sure what to do. It definitely
0: uh, was sassy.
1: Anyway, Lindsay pummels Steven with some personal
0: questions. Where's his wife? Is he married? Does she make an exquisite meatloaf? And Claudia and Matthew are looking at each other like, rut row, are we going to have to have two talks in one day? The sex talk yeah, and the talk? Yeah, not another talk. talk.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but Stephen dodges everything appropriately. Actually, he kind of answers all the questions. And uh, after... Well,
1: appropriately, vaguely. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not engaged. No, I'm not married. <laughs> yeah.
0: End of discussion. Yeah. He shuts Lindsay down.
1: Past the uh, <laughs> the starchy potatoes. <laughs>
0: So after dinner, Matthew and Lindsay go upstairs to work on homework
1: and Claudia and Steven go to the kitchen to have cookies,
0: <laughs> well and coffee. They actually just went to go get a I don't even cup of think coffee.
1: she made that coffee. Once those cookies were on the table, you know, it was time to start quoting poetry, and love was in the air for sure. Interestingly, was it? interestingly, under the uh, the the rainbow wall plaque in the the breakfast nook, I know I kept <laughs> seeing that out of the corner
0: of my yeah. eye, and which of course like, is like
1: a coincidence. I mean, that wasn't a thing then, but it's fun nonetheless. And, I don't uh, know,
0: maybe some production designer on Dynasty should be <laughs> somebody was early to that for yes. creating the gay icon of the rainbow. Um,
1: I keep trying to read what's under that rainbow, but I just can't make it out. The film quality's just not there. So, anyway.
0: What were they even talking about?
1: Okay, she was saying that she accepts that, you know, he is the way that he is, and he shouldn't feel bad or, like, everybody's against him. He's always welcome at their house. Right, which was super sweet. Right. This is also, you know, again, part of Claudia's outreach, or the two of them both reaching out to each other. And I think that sort of comes to a head in a moment because then they start, uh, well, he, he's quoting, I don't know if it's uh, Marlowe, I don't, anyway, one of those English poets from a million years ago. And then he says, well, I don't know why I have this bad habit of you know, quoting poetry to you. And so, Crash! Yeah. <laughs> drops the coffee plate. So the, I, I guess she must have made coffee at some point. Because then, the, yeah, the coffee saucer goes to the floor. And everybody reaches for it at the same time. Or are they really just reaching for each other? And
0: Well, I watched this back a couple of times. And he leans in and smooches her. It's more him kissing her than her kissing him. But they definitely... Well, he's a young man, you know. Yeah. Well, they definitely... Nobody was stopping the kissing. They let it go all the way. What was your reaction to this? My face cracked.
1: The first... I can't remember the first time I saw this. You can kind of tell it's coming, but you really aren't ready for it when it happens. So You can
0: tell it's coming. We literally just had an episode where he was with his gay domestic partner.
1: Yeah, but the whole time you're like, you have this thing with Claudia going on and, and she's a, a woman friendship. in touch with her sexuality. And... It's a friendship, but she's a man and he's a woman, and so. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's I a real face crack there. Yeah, I wasn't uh, getting that <laughs> into it, but
0: you have seen all of these episodes, so maybe you know something I don't know <laughs> about Claudia spoiler alert! Though. Yeah, um, yeah, it just came out of left field for me. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm I, I
1: will say that it's surprising in a way, but it's also not unbelievable because everything that's built up before it's already established a context where the two of them sympathize. They're both sort of uh, outsiders in a way, you know, they've, they've got some issues personally that they're each working on. Um, And so it makes sense that the two of them end up kind of connecting and in a sort of, it's, it's, it's lazy logic. You know but this is also just a soap opera so
0: yeah well and maybe we're just seeing the beginning of his bi journey or something like that which would be super progressive and interesting i don't think that's probably what's going on but i might like to read that into it since bisexuals are probably like the least represented now in popular culture of the lgbtq demographic but i don't know i don't know where this is gonna go but i was definitely shooketh it's them damn cookies it's the damn cookies. Well, let's take a break and talk about our looks of the week. And we're back. Oh my gosh, there were so many outfits in this week's episode. So many options. So hard to choose. To choose from. From. Yeah. I didn't say hard to choose. I just said there were a lot of outfits. <laughs> what was your favorite look of the week?
1: Uh, for me, it's it's definitely Lindsay's um, romper onesie at the uh, end of the dinner party and i'm just wondering this this she's a young woman at this point she's 15 right and she's 14 but yeah okay but still like she's wearing an oshkosh bagash pink flannel you know overall romper jumper thing i don't know what this thing is but it's totally inappropriate that's your look of the week <laughs>
0: I thought she was wearing pajamas.
1: I think it's pajamas, but like what what half-grown teenager wears pajamas to the dinner party? You you don't like my look of the week? No, I hate it. I can't
0: believe that you chose something Lindsay wore. She's like the least fashionable teenager in the history of teenagers. Well,
1: I will say uh, Pamela Bellwood's getting some nicer wardrobe attention in this episode.
0: It was crazy to me. Now, my outfit is one of Claudia's and... It was crazy to me because this whole episode basically took place in one day, right?
1: Uh Uh-huh. That woman changed
0: her clothes, I think, five times I counted.
1: Well, I mean, she's married to a geologist, so she's got time and money. (laughs) Does she now? Yeah. I could not
0: believe how many different outfits she wore. She had an outfit in the morning. She had an outfit for the therapist. She had an outfit for uh, the dinner party. Um, she had a different outfit to go pick up Crazy Lindsay. It was too much,
1: well, but you're not picking a look you're you're picking a wardrobe.
0: My favorite look was her first one, a sort of denim jumpsuit.
1: yeah, that is wearing. a denim fantasy,
0: well, and you know, denim was huge in the eighties, and this is eighty one right mm-hmm. and so this is actually kind of forward thinking, I think, especially for a suburban mom. Well, it's all denim. It's all denim. It's it fits really well. She's got the sleeves rolled up, giving Matthew Blaisdell his lunch pail. She's got some nice big earrings on, with her hair pushed back, and it was just like a fun look to start the day. And then she like changed into look four it's, other. Things. It's no
1: secret she's a snack, and this outfit really accentuates you know her her uh, abilities.
0: You mean that body? Yadi yadi.
1: Yeah. No. It's it's the classic like high waist apple bottom. You know, jean and and
0: what? <laughs>
1: what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know what that means. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's the classic high waisted jean that you know we now call mom jeans or whatever. No, but I, I I like her outfit at the uh, therapist office slash driving back home. It's a very quintessential look from the like you know early to middle eighties. I think. Every woman in that time had this outfit. It's the long skirt with the the high heel boots that come up to the knee. So you don't actually see any leg. It
0: felt a little Pentecostal to me.
1: It was a little, pe- but I mean, it was, it was a look from that time. It was definitely fashion, you know, that was coming out of that period. And the uh, layered vest with sweater. I mean, it's not like a hot, you know, ensemble, but... It's it's a very quintessential look from that time period. Anyway. Yeah,
0: no, I totally love Claudia bringing it fashion wise. I mean, Fallon and Crystal had some good looks this week too, but just the fact that she changed oh my her God. outfit so many times. What
1: Crystal and Blake were wearing in the kitchen—did you notice? It was like blue terry cloth and red angora sweater. So it was like Elmo and Oscar, the, or, or <laughs> Elmo and Cookie Monster. Boinking over a Spanish omelet in the kitchen or whatever. I don't know. That was that, I think those were some, some funky clothes. But yeah, anyway. don't tell me how to get to Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: That's it for another installment of Dynasty as They Want to Be. Kyler, thank you so much for joining me again.
1: The pleasure was all mine.
0: And I'd also like to thank DJ Jugo, who created our amazing theme song, and the artist Lindsey Mound, who designed our gorgeous logo and graphics. If you want to follow along with us on social media between episodes, you can do so at Nasty Podcast on all the places, Instagram, I'm tweeting and doing some GIFs, so be sure to check that out. Otherwise, you can find everything you need to concerning Dynasty as they want to be at nastypodcast.com. That's N-A-S-T-Y podcast.com. All
1: right. Well, I'm going to go make some Spanish omelets now. Mm, Make sure
0: sure you include a lot of the hot stuff. Hot stuff. (laughs) See you next week. Bye.